It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey, y'all. This is Abby Maria. Hey, Bryce. Thank you so much for making me Freak of the Week. Oh, my God. I actually love it. You know, I'm freaky, so I love being Freak of the Week. Natasha Fierce, baby. Um, you know I love purple. I know I, you know I love you. Um, and um, Issa, Issa, Issa Purple Pants Podcast. Love you, boo. Mwah. Beijos. Ciao. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 oh, and get on in here and come get you some of this black boy joy I've got in store for you. Welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. And if this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Make yourself at home. Get you a snack. Hurry right back to my Purple Pants Posse. Oh, what it is. Oh, what's up? If you have not already, please pause this podcast and subscribe to your baby boy's podcast, Purple Pants Podcast. You can subscribe to it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Write your baby boy a review, okay? Give me some five stars and tell a friend to tell a friend what is going on. I am so happy to be recording this podcast. You know, your baby boy just said celebrated another year around the sun and i'm living in my truth 35 where where okay i had an amazing birthday i received so much love and you know i am big on giving people their flowers while they are here and baby the flowers arrived to me on my birthday i felt so loved so special and even in a pandemic i you know was able to celebrate and just felt the love so i appreciate every single one of my Purple Pants podcast listeners for taking the time to show your baby boy some love. I didn't really do much for my birthday. You know, the baby boy, Wendeezy, and a couple of our friends, we went out to brunch, and you know, baby boy was wet in the whistle. Oh, I was wet in the whistle. Wet, 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 wet in the whistle. Okay? I ain't have to drive. Wendeezy came and picked me up at my home. Had the margaritas. It was a margarita mimosa with strawberries ready for me in the car. So listen. But for me, it was the first time that I like had to get dressed for something. So I had all of these clothes. I didn't know what to wear. I was really excited. Um, so shout out to Wendeezy, uh, Joey, Nas, Chelsea, all of my friends that just came out to really support and show me love for my birthday. So I appreciate it. I definitely felt the love. Sometimes it's hard for your baby boy to receive love. I don't know what it is. But when people show me love, I get really shy. I don't know. And you would be like, baby boy, 
you ain't shy, but I get really shy. So I just really wanted to make sure I took the time to thank everyone for showing me so much love. Enough about me, though. How has everyone been doing? I know this week in our country, it has been a lot. A lot of people have been devastated by the winter storm that has taken place, and especially everyone in Texas. My heart, my prayers have gone out to them. You know, they are not used to snow to this magnitude and ice, and people have been without water and electricity and heat for days. And it truly was breaking my heart seeing all of everything unfolding. And, you know, I've got a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of loved ones in Texas. You know, my girl, Audrey, who's a Purple Pants podcast intern. She's there. I had to reach out to her. You know, Uncle Carl. Just I I know a lot of people in Texas. So I was definitely reaching out. Sabrina Thompson Mitchell. I just making sure everyone was okay and just sending my love. I had tweeted on Twitter if anyone out there knew of any organizations, nonprofits that were actually like, you know, in the heat of it, doing good work that I could donate. And I was bombarded with so many great options for organizations. And I ultimately ended up donating to this organization called The Bread of Life in Houston, Texas, that does really great work. So I I definitely made sure that I donated to them just because it's my part. I I just felt like, you know, I, I had to do something. And I wanted to say this, that, you know, through the last four years, even this election year, even, you know, storming the Capitol, there is a lot of things in life that, you know, make us different and that we are at odds. But the one thing that I can say about our country and our people is that in time of need, when something is going on, when there's a disaster, a terrorist attack, any thing we really come together and we really help our own and i i hope that from this we can learn that and i say it and i say it and i say it the more that we think about what brings us together as opposed to what makes us different is so much more commonality that we have together and that when we can show up for each other. And I I really saw the outpouring of love and the people just coming together for each other. And I just think if we can think about that instead of Democrat, Republican, oh, you you know, you watching these conspiracy theories online, like, like, forget all of that. It's about being a good human. And, you know, I'm on a roll for a better Bryce and I try to live my life with that motto on my 35 five years around the sun I really want to try to be a better person and try to bring people together it's really what my mission in life is I I feel like it's my calling and so I just wanted to put that out there the more that we can focus on what brings us together how we can uplift each other no matter what somebody said no matter what political party they are like be the light that you know extends the olive branch and I think that this was definitely uh, a true testament to that in our country when we are struggling the people in Texas without heat without water you seeing their people's houses are ruined from pipes bursting and you know the outpour of love that we give and so I just you know just trying to do my part and I hope that I can inspire somebody now I told you I'm on a roll to a better price, but baby, okay, Senator Cancun Cruz, who, listen, I don't got time for him, okay, you, oh, you going to Cancun in the middle of the worst crisis of your state when your constituents that voted you in and you want to keep your family warm and go to Cancun, baby, 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 
baby. Okay, Mr. Cancun Cruise. Okay, you spent all that money to go over there to Cancun, but baby, wasn't you the one supporting the wall? And I, ooh. but anyway. Listen, listen, I told y'all I'm on a road to a better price. So listen, the road got some bumps and I can still drag and cuss a hoe out. Okay. And he should be ashamed of himself going to Cancun. Okay. And blaming it on your kids. Talking about your kids said we want to go to Cancun. Like, you, like, child, we didn't see the text messages from your wife. Okay. You was trying to get the neighborhood to go. Staying at the Ritz Carlton. Must be nice. Must be nice. But anyway, I digress because, listen, I could drag him for days. But I'm excited for this episode. I know y'all like, child, that was a transition. Okay. Listen, I could transition. I'm really excited for this week's episode. I've got a lot of black boy joy in store for you. So let me give you the rundown of this week's episode. I've got the church announcements. And then I have my friend Wendell Holland from Winners at War from Ghost Island from HGTV Fix My Fail and Beach Cabana Royale, y'all, y'all, Beach Cabana Royale, y'all, y'all. Me and Wendell sit down and have a talk and just a catch up on the podcast. Uh, we talk about what black history means to us, we get an update on allyship, and we know we just, we just talk to the baby boy Wendy's. So that's definitely something you don't want to miss. I've also got Framing Britney. I am giving my review on that. If you haven't seen it, baby, you need to see it. We've got Barb's message and the freak of the week so listen let's get into this black boy joy and get into these church announcements On this week's church announcements, I just wanted to take some time out to show some love to some special people that took the time to show your baby boy some love on my birthday. And I said that if you showed me love on my birthday, I would absolutely show you love. And so I just want to take some time and just say some thank yous to people who really came out and showed me some love on my birthday. I really wasn't expecting it. And y'all really showed out. And I want to show back on out and tell you how much your baby boy appreciates it. So I want to give a huge thank you to Margaret Joseph, to the baby boy Matt Scott, to Jenna Taylor, to Maria Santiago, to Kimoni Mosley, to Maya Robes, to Michael Keaton, the baby boy, to my girl Jazz Turner, to Nikki Montgomery, to Jessica Berkeley, to Jennifer Hack, to Anaya S, to Susie Wetman Rosenthal, to Catherine Wilson, to Amber Cokefair, to Nina R, to my girl Gabby from David vs. Goliath, to Chastity B. Connor F, Michael Clark, Patrick Butman, baby boy Pat, to Jen I, to Dr. Amanda, to Tom Sharkley, to Ashley N over there at Idol Chatter Podcast, to the baby boy Josh Wiggler, to my girl Daphne, always taking on fly photos on the IG, I see you, to my third grade friend Shakita Johnson, to the baby boy Josh Green, and to Justin Brown. 
Thank you guys so much for the birthday love. When I tell you my heart was full, I could not believe it the next morning when I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe all of these people showed me love. So truly from the bottom of my purple heart, I want to say thank you, love you, and you know we go together. Thank you so much for showing your baby boy some birthday love. Now, although my birthday might be over, let me just jam real quick, okay? Hey. Oh. Oh. Hey, 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 oh, 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 go baby boy, go baby boy, come on, come on, hey, 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 oh, oh, hey, oh, let me twerk, uh, let me twerk, oh, let me twerk, oh, let me twerk, all right, now let's get into this menu. It's a man who, it's a menu, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a menu, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are keeping the man you roll it. Oh, oh, listen to me, sounding all good. So I'm really excited to have this guest back. Back, back again on the podcast. I want to welcome back to the Purple Pants Podcast, the first time in 2021. But what it do, or what it is, or what's up? Welcome, Win DZ Holland to the Purple Pants Podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good, Bryce Isaiah? It's the singing voice for me. Oh. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> okay, listen. We're not gonna do we're, we're we're not gonna start the podcast off like that. We are, you know, growing. We're evolving and my voice is on top of the beat. I don't know about all of that. <laughs> Anyway, welcome. What's popping? L- long time no see feels like I haven't seen you in forever. Bryce, man, thank you for uh, calling me to be on the podcast once again. First and foremost, happy birthday, my Uh-oh. big bro, my older don't um, do that. brother, don't Bryce the Isaiah. Podcast, the podcast will be very short, okay? <laughs> don't do that, okay? You are older than me. Let's j- Listen, I'm living in my truth this year, so a bitch is 35, okay? Ooh. And fine, like a bottle of fine wine, you just get better with time, okay? And you most certainly are my big bro. Fair enough. Your birthday coming up. And how old is you turning, granddaddy? I'm, I'm growing younger. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wendell Benjamin Button Holland. Listen. <laughs> Thank you. Get it right. Get it right. But yes, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. You know, I just figure we could have you come on and we could just catch up. It's been such a long time since we've caught up on a podcast because God knows we was turning up yesterday for our birthday. One time for the birthday. Oh, two time for the birthday. Oh, 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 yeah. Three times but, for the. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, but thank you so much for the birthday love. I, I really appreciate it. You know, it's always good to be celebrated. You, I'm one that, I don't know if you're like this, but I'm realizing being celebrated 
makes me uncomfortable sometimes. I'm, I guess maybe I'm so used to like celebrating everyone else and I love to do that. So when it's time for people to be like, happy birthday, we're going to do something. I'm always like, oh, okay. It's always so, I don't know, it's weird for me. So, you know, I'll be trying to accept the love and say thank you. But um, I just sometimes give that disclaimer because I don't want people to think when they say happy birthday or do something nice for me and my response is like, thank you. It's just hard for me to receive it. So I just want to say thank you so much for my birthday love yesterday. It was amazing. <laughs> You're very welcome, Bryce. Yeah, you're such a giving person. You're a giving soul and a giving spirit. And I just thought, you know, we should take you out and have a nice little brunch to show you how much we care about you. So thank you for being you, brother. I appreciate it. Now that we got all the semantics out the way, I, um, I'm really excited because it's Black History Month. And so I thought, what better time to get you on the podcast during Black History? I really feel that you are a, I want to say a pillar in the Black community. You are definitely someone that a lot of young African-American men, young Black men, young people of color can look up two as an inspiration and you know why not celebrate you on black history month you know i'm all about giving people their flowers while they're here um so i'm just curious to know what is what does black history month mean to you well thank you very much for the kind words bryce um i i don't know how much i I do know that there are a lot of uh, young folks that are looking up to me which is a great thing um i think i am far from where I really want to be, but thank you for those kind words. But Black History and Black History Month to me, um, it's a, a celebration of our culture and of how far we've come. Um, when I think about Black History, I think um, one thing that I think is Black History is more American history than actual American history because yeah. it is like America and all that is America and this, you know. When people think or have thought of the country, this this amazing country that is America, it was built on free black labor and on policies that um, kind of that subjugated a whole a class of people, black and brown people. So when you think of American history, American black history is um, American history. It's what this country was built on. So I think it's extremely important. I'm glad that. Um, that we focus on it for a month, but I think it's something that it it's American history. So it should be celebrated um, at all times. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And I think that, you know, it's great that we have a month, but it, when you really look back into history and when I can think when I was like in third or fourth grade, um, the only times we would ever really talk about black people and the accomplishments was during Black History Month, even if we did that. And I always felt like it was always the same black leaders that we talked about. Not that anything's wrong with them, but, you know, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Madam C.J. Walker. And I feel at times that limit, limited me because the older I grew and the more knowledge I was able to absorb, I realized that, like, one, black excellence is all around us. Like, you know, everything and anything in this world world 
has to do with black people. And just the more I educated it, educated myself on the subject, it just like really surprised me. Um, and I, I, I think that that is such a misconception, especially when we talk about black history in the school system. Um, it, it only focuses on like four major black leaders or, or four major black people. And I, I just feel that there is a wealth of so many black entrepreneurs, so many black scientists, so many black civil rights leaders that we just gloss over. And so I, I love the point that you said that like, yes, black black history is American history. Yeah. And the more that I think that we transition to saying that and the more that we celebrate and us as black men need to do a better job of celebrating black history all year round and really kind of uh Dropping that knowledge. One thing that I think that I really uh, admire about you when we were becoming friends, um, and I just, you know, a lot of times, you know, in the survivor community, which is how through we met, it's a lot of fakeness and, you know, hee hee ha. But one thing that I remember saying to myself was like, wow, I really like Wendell. He's really black. And I don't mean that in a negative conversation. I just say that everything about you is you're so proud to be a black man and you embrace it and you spread it everywhere you go. You walk into at your house at the time, at the time you had Wakanda all over the wall. And I just, you know, I, I just really felt like that was something that I could learn from and take from. And so that's one thing that I really admire about you is that like you are very, very black. And I don't mean it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, yeah. you're just very black and I love it. Black and proud. And as we should be. Yeah, I'm, we have such a rich history and culture, and us, we we as a people, we've been through so much, Bryce, that um, it's something that should be a, a source of pride. You should be prideful, and it's something that you should not be afraid to speak about, um, and I think from my stance, and sometimes I think about my, my survivor experience and how people say I'm arrogant and this, that, and the third, and I think that what I am is a proud black man, and I'm someone that hasn't, hasn't, hasn't been taught that I can't do something. Mm. I'm someone that has been taught that I can accomplish anything that I put my mind to. And because I walk around with my head held extremely high, and because I try to reach and bring however many people or people that look like me or people in general in that same direction, I've been called like cocky and arrogant and these things. And I think it's a product of me just literally never being taught that I can't do something. Mm. It was my father breaking down many barriers and many walls and being the first to, to, to do many things and showing me, never showing me a failure of his. Like mm. he, I now in hindsight, now, you know, having a deeper relationship with my father and going to therapy with him, just he, he and I and, and whatnot, I can see his successes and failures from from my um growing up but like um like he'd speak about when he was fired from this job or something like that but when i was growing up i never felt that we never um me and my sisters never felt that all we understood from my parents um all we got from them was that we can do anything and we can go to the best schools and we can be attorneys or doctors or whatever you want to be. And um, because of that, I, I think I demand excellence on, you know, from myself, but also from those around me. And I try to I try to, you know, bring people um, just bring people up and encourage people. So that's that's the person I am. And I think that when we met you and I. 
Uh, we did meet on some like survivor stuff. It's like, ah, oh, let's have fun. Let's do these watch parties. But I think what you saw in me was somebody that is driven. And what I saw in you is somebody that is driven and that's a hustler and that's a hard worker. And if that's not the story of, of black Americans, I don't know what is like we have we've been through the worst of of things we we've been through the worst of conditions and we're still it's we're not in a perfect place but at the same time if you can understand that you've you as a people have been have fought through the middle passage and through jim crow laws and through make america great again Mm. and and all these things that that we have overcome then we have to understand that there's nothing that we can't overcome so I think I think that's that's where I am. I'm just someone who I would like to exude um, that anything is achievable and possible if you set your mind to it. Yeah, I love that. And I've actually had the, you know, the privilege of going to your parents house. And um, I, you know, I, I love senior and your mom. And I, you know, I'm nosy. So, you know, I'm like, you know, talking to Wendell's mom. And I'm like, do you mind if I can? give myself a tour of the house and when the mom's like sure and as I'm like literally like roaming through the house you see all of these great accomplishments of Wendell's dad that mind you I didn't even know and I was just like wow like your dad is such a first of all he's a, a prominent black figure in the black community and like you know he needs to be honored for all of the amazing work that he has done and I, I just love the example that your dad like has I don't am I saying this right bestowed upon his children is that how you would say it yeah something like that Bryce. okay okay all right well you know what I'm saying like that he encourages that and a lot of the times we don't see that in we don't see that image of the black family and I'm just so grateful that you like you know in meeting your dad and he's so open and you know loving and supporting of me and you know anytime I have a question or it, like a concern he's always willing to lend an ear and I appreciate that and I think that you also talked on something that we don't have to go in depth about but the fact that you know you are in therapy with your dad I think that that is like so amazing and I really wish as a black community we can get to a place where that is normalized like it's okay to go to therapy it's okay in families because there are so many dysfunctional families and I'm more speaking on the black families because that's all that I know and that there are so many people that could get so much knowledge and so much wealth from therapy. Like, you know, oh, I've got this sibling rivalry with my brother or I don't communicate with my mom or there was abuse that happened in my past from other people. And we sometimes in the black community, we just let that be the standard quo. And no, it's not. And guess what? We can go to therapy. We can talk about our issues. We can grow. And so I just love that you just talked about that because I don't think that one, as black people, we talk about therapy enough. And two, we definitely don't talk about therapy with our fathers. So I just think that that's so amazing that, you know, that that's something that you shared and, you know, you're on a journey. And I I think that it's it could be so uplifting for so many other people to say, like, oh, my God, like, yes, let's normalize therapy. Let's normalize mental health. Let's, you know, make that a thing because it's so many people can grow from it. And I just feel and even in my own family, there's a lot of dysfunction that we just don't talk about. And that's like, you know, the motto, you don't you don't talk about it. You just keep it moving. But no, like we need to heal in order for us to be amazing people. 
people in the future and to break cycles we need to talk about it we need to heal from it so i just um thought that that was so amazing the last time we did talk that you were on my podcast that I just want to give a shout out, which was one of my most listened podcasts ever, was Won't You Be My Ally, uh, where we really kind of like talked about what allyship is and, and breaking down some of the stigmas and the black communities along the lines of, you know, heterosexual men and, and homosexual men and like what our friendship is doing for that. And even though that's not what we set out to do, it seems to be a common trend. I just wanted to check back in with you since since I haven't talked to you since, if I say since one more time, I give you permission to pop me over the uh, <laughs> the podcast. But since, but uh, I um, have you had any other takeaways since that podcast? Because that podcast was really powerful. I, I listened back to it, and I'm just like, wow, we could have talked for hours about that. But um, is there anything from the allyship that you have learned since then or that you continue to attribute to how you move forward in your life as an older, very older black wise <laughs> man in this community? Well, okay. Uh, okay. What can I say? I actually write thinking about your birthday yesterday. I was going to write you a long card that was going to make you cry like crocodile tears all over the place. And it actually had a little bit to do um, with this topic because um, in the card, I was, I was trying to think of the right words. So some where the card, where the card at though, it's non-existent. (laughs) Instead, I, instead I spent $12 on a Hallmark card (laughs) that has confetti in it. (laughs) And you better be shaking. You better shake that card every day. But, um, but no, on a serious note, I, it it was i was trying to think of the right words and maybe i'm going to stumble over them now but basically what i wanted to say to you was that in our short friendship of however many years i've learned so much more from you than i've learned um through decades of schooling because of how you shine your light and the person that you are and because of how strong you stand in your truth and i think i don't know um I know you certainly helped me and you opened my mind tremendously. And um, I know, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, I've helped you in some aspect, in some aspect, but I've grown up, I've had, I've had gay friends all my life and you, you met some of them, <laughs> but, um, but like with our deep conversations and the literature and the things that you point me to and direct me to, um, one example is Disclosure. On, on Netflix, um, the things that I've been trying to learn more about and open my mind to and understand more, a lot of them come from you. And it helps me become a better ally when I understand the fight of, of gay people. But then I understand that the, the, the fight of a gay black man is different from that of a mm. gay white man mm. or that of a, a trans man or a trans woman is different than the fight of a gay Mm. black man and try and and understanding the um, nuances and the different plights of these different subcultures in this um, LGBTQ community. It's just um, you have opened my eyes so much. And I think as a black man, it makes me fight um, because me, myself and my community, we've been through so much. I can understand people that are um, that are, I guess, subjugated for 
you know, their sexual orientation, who they love and, and things of that nature. I can understand because I've been subjugated for the skin color of mine or whatnot, but I don't fully understand their fights. But because I'm friends with you and you've shown me things and you've had these deep conversations while we're driving to Atlanta or while we're driving to D.C. or New York, you're telling me these things about the community and how the LGBTQ community is certainly not a monolith. I think... Um, what I'm trying to get at is that I'm I'm so appreciative that you have opened my eyes and you've taught me so much about this community. So at the very least, I can try to help and advocate for and be an ally for that community, not as a whole, but as different as different parts of the community. I can fight for trans rights. I can fight for um, the fact that my best friend, Bryce Isaiah, a gay black man, um, he's treated differently than a gay white man. Or, you know, I, I can I can try to I can try to move the needle forward or try to fight for for these different fights because you've opened my eyes to these things. And I thank you for that. Absolutely. And I, I think that it just attests to your openness because I and you know, when we have these conversations a lot of the times, I don't like having them. They're uncomfortable for me in the sense that I'm just not used to explaining that to someone on the outside world and especially not a black man and so I just appreciate your always openness and you're always willing to play devil's advocate because you know by no means am I perfect and I have a lot of my own issues and my own flaws uh, with me um, so I'm always appreciative of having those conversations and you challenging me to think different think harder and to uh, grow a lot in a lot of different ways. And I, I'm also appreciative of you just always being able to listen and understand because there are a lot of people that will say that they're an ally just, it, it, and not really be an ally. There's a lot of people that say they don't see color, but how can you not see color? So I, I think that it's an evolution and it's that like, you know, no one's perfect and you're not supposed to know all of these things. But when it's brought to your attention, you react, you listen and you show empathy. And that's just really what I am most appreciative about. And, you know, when we're talking about black history, black history is black gay men history you know black trans history and you know i just i scream that from the top of the my lungs because it's important for me that like as we celebrate black history like you know celebrate our lgbtq plus people of color because you know we're black too you know we go through a lot of the same fights that other black people go to and sometimes our fights a little different and I think the more that we can be more understanding um, and understand that it's the same fight but it is I don't want to say levels but our our struggle is different and I, I think that you know for me I hate when you know we come to a uh, I want to say a, a, a meeting or a pool and, and, you know, somebody tries to minimize you by saying what, but we're all black. So let's just focus on like, no, like, no, we're, let's not do that. And so I just appreciate you for just always being so welcoming. Um, but to keep the mink rolling um, and again, celebrating you and black history. And also how I just forget, you know, celebrating black history you have the covenant role of being the February zaddy on the Bryce Isaiah zaddy calendar, um, which I'm sure has opened many doors for you. Uh, 
Okay. If um, I read some of these DMs, man, ah! they are not the they are not the right doors, brother. <laughs> oh, I hope they're not the back door. Anyway. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Beef Unlimited. It seems that your business is thriving. You are going to next levels. And, you know, I know that when we've talked personally, you've shared that. And don't get mad at me for sharing this, but I'm going to just share it. But, you know, you and I, I can understand and relate, but you sometimes feel like, you have not grown when you look back at, you know, certain things. And I can relate to that being super hypercritical of myself and being like, oh, I don't feel like in the last two years I've grown and like, you know, I, I want to grow. But, you know, from somebody like myself on the outside looking in, your company, in my opinion, has expanded exponentially and the growth is amazing and the proof is in the pudding but just wanted to talk to you a little bit about beef and what's that like and how has it grown how would you like to see it grow and, and what's going on and explain to people you know everyone keeps asking now mind you i always do this to you and i apologize but i'm not gonna apologize because guess what it's my podcast <laughs> i literally will ask you a question and then before i can like get through the question i'll throw like 30 more questions yep <laughs> yep so just answer one through 30 real quick. But no, uh, I don't know. Just pick up somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Very good question, Bryce. <laughs> uh, um, well, as far as the company, Beave Unlimited, it's it's going very well. We have um, we've been punching out products and whatnot. And I, I love building. I love working. Um, we launched the website about a month ago. That's going well, beavunlimited.com. And we're, uh, we're pushing a lot of merch and products off of the website. Um, that was a, that was a big deal for me to get that moving. So, you know, there can be some kind of automation. So I'm not responding to every single whatever, uh, message or whatnot. Um, so we could get things out without too much back and forth. Um, so that's, that was great. And yeah, we're still just, punching out projects and I'm still trying to find uh, find some more cool products to like put in our beef original um, beef originals category we have the hoop we have planters but I'm thinking about like maybe like cheese boards and oh. cutting boards oh. and I'm thinking wine flights and oh. things like that so I'm trying to trying to expand a little bit to make um, to make things uh, you know you got to keep growing and Sometimes it's hard to see your growth as as someone who's like at the helm of it and and working the day to day and doing everything for it. But if I look back on these last six or seven years, I can understand that that we have seen growth and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's amazing uh, to see it and to see it in real time. Now, to add to that list, I've been screaming for you to get some beef coasters, some beef picture frames, I think, are great staples that can, you know, be something that people all year round would uh, really love. Now, love my next question is, and I get this question all the time, so I'm just tired of people asking, so I'm going to just ask you, like, Bryce, what do you do with beef? What do you do with, like, let, why are y'all so concerned with what I do with beef? Okay? Like, so, um, I don't know. Bitch, what do I do with beef? <laughs> uh, we are still trying to figure that out. Ask Joey, ask Chris, ask Nas. We don't know what you're doing, but you tag along and you just, you're there. Yes. 
Just okay. kidding. Just kidding. Uh, oh, I was, I, was okay. I, 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 I said, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, you did. Um, for real though, Bryce, you're kind of like a, uh, you're like a Swiss army knife. You oh. can do, you can do it all. Um, you, if we need you to come over and sand for all, all afternoon or all day, you're on it. Um, if we need you to help us install or, or move things, you're on it. And more recently, you've been settling into this role that I think is awesome for you where you are kind of like doing a lot of the social media, recording us on the installs and like, um, it's like, it's like you're a talk show host on our installs. You lighten the mood because me and Joey are always fighting about something. And uh, it's good to have you just talking your ish while uh, while we're doing our thing. So you do it all. But uh, but I like I really I really enjoy you on the social media. And I think that um, our followers do as well. I appreciate that. And just a huge shout out to Joey Hatch, who is a huge part of B. I think that he does amazing work. I love the dynamic of you and Joey. Um, I love the fact that, you know, I get to see y'all work. I get to see y'all fight and I get to see (laughs) y'all just be amazing people. And I just am just very grateful for Joey's friendship, your friendship. But just want to give a huge shout out to the the man, the myth, the legend, the person that is Joey Hatcher. Yeah, Joey, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was, I was just about to go. I'm about to dance. Hoot, hoot. But okay, but no. <laughs> I can see you right now. Um, yeah, Joey's the heartbeat of beef, and we wouldn't be what we are without Joey. His birthday's coming up and next week, actually. Pisces um, in the building. Lots of Pisces. But I am so grateful to have someone like Joey. He's he's more than a friend. He's like a brother to me, uh, kind of like you, Bryce, but I've known Joey his whole life. And I've only known you a few years, so you could still mess things up and we can cut you out of the equation real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh but Joey Joey Hatch is like he's great. So um Joey like as 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 Steve grows, Joey's role grows, he learn he knows how to do it all and um so I'm thankful to have to have him. Yes. And Joey will bust out. And it, the the most funny thing that I think about Joey is is that in meeting like you and Joey, like again, I was always just so nervous. Like I, I again, I didn't expect to be your friend. Like I just expected to be like, hey, how y'all doing? I didn't I didn't realize what God had was a brotherhood, um, and which I am so grateful for. And again, here I go trying to get emotional, but I'm really not trying to get emotional. This story was just supposed to be like a funny story for Joey, but the spirit is leading me to be emotional just slightly. But I am really just very grateful for you and Joey on a multitude of reasons just because again growing up I'm the youngest of a lot of siblings and I don't have the best relationships with my siblings and again which forced me to kind of like you know I've got a good relationship with my sister and growing up in school I felt like I always was just like you know I leaned more to the girls and so for the longest time in my life and in my adult life I've always yearned for that brotherhood that I don't feel that I had or had to the level of which that I wanted. And so I'm just very grateful for the friendship of you and Joey for one, just accepting me for the person that I am and not just accepting me, but loving me and 
you know, unconditionally in the sense of like, not just like, oh, we're just, just be a friend in certain areas and like, no, like fully accepting me. And I just really appreciate the brotherhood of our three friendships. And is it perfect? No. Is it crazy? Yes. Do I love it? Absolutely. But I just, I, I, I love the fact that I have like these brothers that I can go to um, and for support or, you know, uh, just when I, I, you know, I face y'all, the first two people I FaceTime every morning, like, you know, and like y'all answer. <laughs> So that yeah. really means a lot to me. Uh, and again, Joey is a person like when you see him on the exterior, like he's this very hard looking person. But all you got to do is say, bitch. And Joey will turn <laughs> his eye and be like, bitch. And so that's what I just I, I love about it. Um, so I, that's the story that just came on out. But transitioning topics. Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> it's Beach Cabana Royale. Yeah. Beach Cabana Royale. Beach Cabana Royale. Beach Cabana Royale. Okay. Yes. So we see the evolution of Wendell Holland, Ghost Island, the winner. Uh, you know, was on Winners at War. You were on HGTV, Fix My Fail. And now you have landed another gig, another show on Discovery Plus, HGTV, Beach Cabana Royale. Like, first, before, because I'm trying to catch myself, <laughs> before I ask the question, let me just say my statement, because that be the problem. I say a statement, then I ask a question, and then in my mind, another question pop up, then I ask another question, <laughs> and then I got a statement again, and then I realized that... I ain't even asked you nothing. You lost me. <laughs> it's quite all right. So the statement I want to say is that what such a huge success, again, giving you, your, giving you your flowers. It's a Black History Month celebrating a younger, mid, more closer to old entrepreneur <laughs> like yourself. You know, not only going on Survivor, winning it, being asked to come back again. And, you know, for most people, that's it. That's it. Okay, that's it. They that's it. Okay, they just out there selling cameos. Ooh, okay, minding my business. But <laughs> the you shade. know, you have continued to evolve, continue to push the needle forward, and really going after your passions. You had a huge splash on HGTV. Fix my fail. You had the best one. Period. Poo. And I fight somebody if they disagree. Then. We see you with Snooky from the Jersey Shore on Beach Cabana <laughs> Royale. Yeah, yeah, Beach Cabana <laughs> Royale. Yeah, like you know, and just okay. So that's my statement. So the question, see what I'm doing? I'm not asking a million questions at <laughs> one. I'm I'm catching myself. I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I'm growing. Mm -hmm. The question, but see, just at the same time, two questions just popped into my head. But I'm gonna go ahead and focus back in on the interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The question is, Beach Cabana Royale. Yeah, yeah. No, what, what was it like, Beach Cabana Royale? Like, explain us. Like, what was that? I mean, if anyone has not seen it, okay, let me just shut up because see, I'm about to go into another statement. Go yeah, ahead. let me go. All right. So, Beach Cabana Royale. Um, if this is a culture that I didn't know existed, the Beach Cabana culture, which is in um, Long Island and. Atlantic Beach, there are these beach clubs where people rent these beach cabanas, they're little units where it's like your little home base at this beach club for your whole day at the beach. And, and families rent these cabanas for the whole summer. And it's kind of a big deal out there where, um, you know, they have this little piece of real estate that is in this 
fantastic beach club where there are pools and restaurants and you're sitting on the beach and there are the cabana boys that will bring out your 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 beach stuff to the oh. to the ocean like your chairs and your towels they'll bring everything out they'll run food for you Bryce you'd probably love the cabana boys <laughs> <laughs> so um it's this different culture that I didn't really know about and what the idea was they'd have these fantastic designers and myself come in and and renovate these beach cabanas which really look like they 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 look like rundown like storage units they're not anything that people really you know make upscale because you're just renting it for the summer but families will hold on to theirs they'll they'll keep on i guess they um might have like the first right of refusal or something to re up on their cabana for the next summer. So families will have the same cabana for years and generations. And so um one idea was why don't we have this show where these designers are renovating these beach cabanas and I was one of I was fortunate enough to be picked as one of the designers to go to Atlantic Beach, the New York Beach Club, that was the beach club that I went to, and work on this family's cabana, and it turned out real cool. Turns out amazing. Thank you. Um, what was Snooky like? Snooky. Uh, <laughs> Snooky was cool, man. Like, she showed up, and she was she was ready to just jump in. And when everyone thinks of Snooky, they think of someone from the Jersey Shore that is, you know, this crazy person that she you know was on that show um she still she still has all the personality and all the spunk but i think she's um getting into like a new new role as like a host and it was cool to have her there because she really lightened the mood up in a uh i i don't even i can't even say in a very competitive atmosphere because i was on survivor twice i was on the beach building things with no tools and no <laughs> and no materials in a competition with everybody lying to me and so when I when I then am thrust in this other um competition where I have tools and I have food and I have materials to me <laughs> it wasn't this like high stress situation it was just like a, it was perfection it was awesome it was the greatest experience ever cuz I'm on a beach I love beaches I'm building. I love building, and there's this competition aspect to it. So uh, it was just it was it was so cool to work on that set. And um, the company, the production company's turn turn card. Um, they like they're so great for like when I when I went on that set and when I saw the different people that were working for turn card. Um, I was I was just like wow it's it's. There, it's a very diverse crew. Um, yeah, it's a, just a very diverse crew. Like, like a trans man drove me to set every morning. Wow. Um, named AJ, and he was super cool. And I was just, I was like, man, not only do I love this crew, um, but I also I love the concept and the idea, and I think that it would be a cool, um, a cool show to go forward. It was a one-hour special, but um, I think that like I think that they have something there with that idea. Definitely. Well, t- t- Turnkey, if you listening, you got something there with the baby boy when Daisy. Okay. <laughs> Y'all need turn to make card. Sure. Turn, turn card. Turn card. Turn card. 
Turn Card, if you're listening, if you're here, you just know you got something special with the Wendeezy. And I, I love that in your role. I love seeing you on Fix My Fail as you, a designer. Um, I loved seeing you on Beach Cabana as a craftsman and a designer. So I definitely can see you in some role or aspect in that being as though it is your passion and to be quite frankly there aren't a lot of black men to your degree that is highlighted like that on these tv shows so i definitely think it's something that is needed and the people we want to see it okay and i you know i I get a cheerleader outfit for everything that you do because you know (laughs) it is you know a big thing of mine to to show you love um not only show it to you but scream it to you because it's really important for me um here on the podcast i did a podcast called uh manifesting and i think that it is something that's really important and i've tried to incorporate it in my life um i know that you know if anybody watches wendell on his instagram at wendell holland you know every morning he's journaling um he shares that process with us which i think is great you know i actually got a journal too i I write in my journal i don't share it though but Hmm. I, what's that hunt for? Because listen, we can we can talk about it. Was that a smart hunt? Well, the um, what I what I found about my journal is that <laughs> okay, <laughs> in, pivot in in posting every morning or the mornings that I find these like motivational quotes. A lot of people hit me up, and a lot of people have started journaling, including um, Lynn Spillman, who casted me and you for survivor yes. she hit me up she got her and her husband the the, the journals that y- you and i use she sent me um photos of their journals from valentine's day when she gifted it to him so i think um my motivation for posting my journal as often as i do is because what i found with j- journaling is it's almost like me holding myself accountable um, understanding my faults from the day, understanding the things I want to accomplish in the day, and then at the very end of the day, understanding my successes and, like I said, the things, my faults, so then the next day, I'm able to say, man, I really didn't do this right yesterday, or man, I can accomplish this tomorrow. So I think it's, um, I love journaling, and I know we took kind of a tangent, but um, that that's kind of my motivation for sharing my journal every morning. I love it. I love the inspiration. Um, so my question was, or what I was getting to, is that manifesting has become something big for me. And I, you know, after talking about Beach Cabana Royale and after talking about Fix My Fail, like I was, I wanted to know, I, my question was going to be, what's next? But here on the Purple Pants Podcast, I would like for you to manifest four things that you want to happen moving forward uh from right now where you are in your life to like what can we manifest out there for you uh that you know that you want to happen let's speak it into existence right here right now on this podcast i love that bryce i love it um you didn't even tell me that this was coming but i appreciate (laughs) it um i'm big on i'm a big goal setter and a manifester and someone that likes to speak things into existence and um watch them come to fruition so I will say that one of my huge first goals was definitely to get on Survivor. And um, I did that. And um, I was so happy to get on Survivor. And I celebrated that. We celebrated that the whole Ghost Island season. And then I got back on. And even though I didn't perform as um, planned, we celebrated that from start to finish. And I think that you and I understand that... 
this stuff isn't given to you and you work hard for things and you have to be grateful for the little things and like these goals of mine, like getting on Survivor, it was something that I worked at for like a decade and I finally got on it. So um, I'm celebrating, you know, I'm excited. I'm happy about it. And the next thing from Survivor, and this is something that um, I don't know if I told anyone, but on Ghost Island at the merge, they um, we had like our little beverages out on the, the little point by the... Um, I've seen, like, I've seen it. I've never out been, on the beach. Yeah. 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 So, so, and, and at that point we were told, um, they wanted to get a drone shot. So we were told not to really talk any game or anything to each other so they could get this awesome drone shot. And as the, um, as all the cameraman men run, ran away and stuff, I looked around and I said, Hey guys, thank you so much. I know I'm not going to win this thing because I, I, at that point I thought I was so visible that they were likable or something that they would vote me out, you know? So I said, Hey guys, um, I probably won't win this thing, but thank you for letting me come out here and just build all these things. Cause that's what I want to do or something to that effect. Just letting them know that all I wanted to do was get on national TV and build a lot of stuff because my next goal was I want to be on HGTV. Mm. I want to be on some network building. That's what I want. So in just not voting me out in the first couple votes, you guys have allowed me to get on national TV and build some things. So after um, I kind of manifested this survivor thing to happen um, through a lot of hard work, then the next thing was I need to get on HGTV. I love HGTV. I love building. I think I would be great talent for them. So this is what this is what I want to do. And after Survivor, a production company came to me and they started working with me, Glass Entertainment, Nancy Glass, and she um, they filmed Fix My Fail. And so that was my first time, even though it was a small part of a segment on this show, I achieved my goal. I was on HGTV. So um, and just like Ghost Island, just like Winners at War, Bryce, you came over here. We celebrated watching Fix My Fail because that was an accomplishment. That's something that we manifested. And that was one of those things that made me so proud. Like that that's all I wanted. And for me to then go on to this show with Snooki and with Carla and Delia and Orlando and Egypt, the HGTV designers and the designers that I competed against, for me to actually be on a show, um, on an HGTV show, streamed on Discovery Plus, we have to scream that from the mountaintops too because that is another one of our things that we manifested. Yeah. Like This is a, a dream of mine and I understand and I know I'm talking and I'm long-winded, but I understand that you never know when it might stop you never know when the well might run dry so every little tiny thing that i accomplish even if it's if if it's something if it's a goal of mine if it's something i manifested i'm so happy and i'm so thankful because i know that it's not just me that accomplished it it's you know everybody around me that that has helped me and pushed me and that i'm i'm just so happy and and glad to be there so i say this very long story to say that the next thing that we are trying to manifest, the next um, the next big thing or goal of mine is to um, obviously I'm going to do any show, any show that I can for HG or for Discovery or any of these networks. Um, but I'd love to I'd love to have my own show um, 
whether it's uh, <laughs> whether Speak it's it into existence, <laughs> yes, yeah. So we can mark this day. It's Feb- February twenty first right now, and um, I, I think that if we keep pushing the right buttons and if we keep on um, just doing right and putting the right energy out there, there will be a day that I can be a host or or my, or the team can be on. We could have something about beef or anything, but I'd love to have my own show. So one day, yes. Bryce. I love it. I We are manifesting it. We are sending good energies that way. But you know what? The only way it happens is if you talk about it and when you talk about it and work towards your goals. So I love that. Thank you. I, I know I didn't really prep you for that, but I wanted to just be authentic and off the cuffs. And can, I wanted can I can I ex- ex- uh, extend that a little bit further? Go ahead. Um, be, because it's Black History Month and because I guess over the last year, um, we we've seen so much um we've we've seen so much and through the black lives matter movement and and through people understanding our fight and whatnot um and one thing that one thing that laurel and i laurel from ghost island laurel johnson we understood the optics of her and i making it to the end together and there were there were times on the island where we would say to each other like it's very important that you and i stick together to the end of this thing and get to the end of this thing. Um, and um, I, we, and then we watched on TV, her and I, we didn't stab each other in the back. We got to the end together. I, I have a photo on my Instagram of my little niece and nephew at the age of three years old, looking up and pointing at the TV um, when like Laurel and I were on TV working together because of how, I, th- I thought that was such a powerful moment. You know, yes. these little kids are watching two people that look just like them working together to achieve something. So um, Laurel and I continue to, to you know, I guess um, speak about how important representation is on the TV screen and the right representation. And I think being a, a, a brilliant Yale grad who was like, star volleyball and swimmer and all these things that that laurel johnson was and today she's you know she's still killing it um just to see that portrayal um on tv and someone like that standing hand in hand with someone like me um as we got to the end of this show together i think it was so important and um in that same vein we we don't see we don't see too many people that look like me or that look like laurel on these uh, these home and garden shows. So I think that um, if if it's if we are if we we do agree that representation matters, if we do agree that we need to um, start seeing more things and, and, and the more positivity positivity we see on TV, then that can actually change people. And and we can we can show people a different way Then uh, then I think it's important that. You know, every time, every little success I get on HG, we got to we got to make sure, you know, we got to make sure that it's something that that people loved watching. So, like, like, I think um, I think HG just posted yesterday on their Instagram uh, a clip of me and Snooki. And I'm just so thankful because so many of my my friends and followers and whatnot, just they went right to the page, the HG page, and they were just so complimentary and they they just let i guess they let hg know okay that like that your boy that your boy is a good a great worker and does the right stuff so i think um I, this is maybe a long way of me saying um 
hey, let's let's continue to elevate these black voices and make sure that um, make sure that everyone hears us so we can um, so we can really have a seat at the table. Absolutely. It's the black boy joy for me. Um, I couldn't agree with that anymore. Thank you so much, Wendell, for coming on my podcast. Thanks for being a great friend. It's always great to catch up with you. Um, yeah, let the people know where they can follow you if they don't know, because I think the Purple Pants Posse know who you is already. <laughs> but let the people know where they can follow you at uh, and let them know where they can see that up, that daily journal post. Yes. So, obviously, you can follow me at um, Wendell Holland on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Or you can follow the company at Beave Unlimited on social media, B-E-V-E Unlimited. You can go to BeaveUnlimited.com. And um, that's that's what I got. I, I appreciate you guys so much for all that you do. I appreciate you, Bryce, for having me on again. Much love, brother. Absolutely. And I, I see you later. <laughs> Peace. Keeping the menu rolling, I had watched the documentary Framing Britney and Big Bay. I I had to bring this to the posse. If you have not watched this documentary, you need to watch it. It's available on Hulu and you're like me and you type it in Hulu and it don't come up. And then you see like the New York Times presents. That's it. So it's really a show that comes on FX and it's episode six is called Framing Britney. They do like documentaries on it. So it took me a little while to find it, but baby boy found it. And the documentary really kind of exposes Britney's life and where she is now. And when I think about Britney, you know, she is, and growing up, you know, I'm in my 30s, you know, celebrated a birthday. Woo woo. Um, Britney Spears is one of the big pop stars of my time. I think of Britney Spears. I think of Christina Aguilera. I think of Destiny's Child. They were the big names of music for me growing up. Now, full disclosure, I was not a huge Britney fan. You know, of course, I know, hit me, baby, one more time. And, you know, I follow her career just like anyone else my age. I didn't really get into a Britney album until I was in college. Now, my one cousin put me onto the Circus album, baby. Now, that album, for me, takes me back to my going out days, the clubs, shutting it down. I remember one time we were driving to, it was me, my cousin, and my friend Travis, and we were driving to, where were we going? From Philly, we were going to D.C. because there was like a big club, and baby, I was in the back seat of that car drinking Hennessy. Who got to, anyway, I don't even know why I'm telling you all that story, but Circus. Circus, we were definitely jamming to Circus. And the documentary really kind of starts off showing Britney and her early ages. And this is another thing. When Britney was like on Star Search and back in the day when she was like seven, eight, nine, she could sing, like sing, sing. And I only say that to say there is a lot of people that say that Britney can't sing because she always lips sings. But just seeing her growing up i'm like wow britney really can sing she grew up in a small town in mississippi she had her mother she had her father and she really wanted to be a star and as her career progressed and she got a record deal that her family could not go with her because her mom and dad they had younger children that they wanted to make sure that they had a regular life and they had to work. It seemed like Britney's dad, Jamie, was the breadwinner of the household. Now, they also have like this lady who was essentially Britney Spears' chaperone, but I guess 
record execs or whatever. They had to give her a title. So her title was assistant. And there are a lot of different people in this documentary. And what I find interesting is that they don't have nice things to say about Britney Spears' dad, Jamie. They say he was rather absentee. And the person that they had most contact with was her mom, Lynn. And throughout Britney's career, they really show her with hit me, baby, one more time. And back in those days, you know, people my age and older, people had to work a single. Before a single could hit the radios, people would be literally out touring a single and that's what Britney did with Hit Me Baby one more time she was going to malls to malls to malls to malls and then baby when she came out with their schoolgirl uniform that's when it really kind of like skyrocketed and from there Britney's life really transformed and you know she was our pop star you know my heiress first pop star every little girl wanted to be like her but so interesting in this documentary they really kind of show as Britney was growing up, how the, I want to say, I want to say the media, I was going to say social media, but you know, there were no social medias at that time, but how the, the media villainized her as such this provocative and sexy, you know, thing that she really wasn't. And when I think about Britney Spears and when I try to go back to my childhood, which is not that long ago, so don't try me. But when I think about it, like, I don't really remember her being so sexy and so provocative, not like any of the other female predecessors before her have not been. But it just really goes to show you how from her career, she's always been in an uphill battle. And again, I'm no big Britney Spears fan you know, I listen to her music like everybody else. You know me. I was Destiny's Child, Beyonce. But watching this documentary, it really kind of opened my eyes. And really, the empathy for her really kind of pours out. Because, baby, this documentary gets into it. So, we see her rise to stardom. We see how much they show that she's such a hard worker. We see how much they show that she is very into her craft. How she danced. How, you know, she wanted to be portrayed. She was very hands-on. And throughout the documentary of them showing how hands-on she was, baby, her daddy, Jamie, absentee, they even talked about him struggling with addiction and alcohol, how he had to go through rehab, get his life together. And, you know, Britney is really rising through the fames, dealing with all this controversy. Even at one point in time, I think she was on Star Search, and this one, she was like a little girl, like 10. And the host of the show asked her, do you have a boyfriend? And then she's like, no. And he's like, well, can I be your boyfriend? First of all, old creepy guy, back one up. But again, that was the culture back then. Like, it, it was like they they sexualized her so early on. And so now Britney is at the height of her career. And she gets into this relationship with Justin Timberlake. And, you know, it's the pop princess, pop star, you, the pop princess, the pop, I don't know what you the pop prince, you know, they're this amazing company. Now, I remember when they were together, I was like, ooh, you know, because I used to get Word Up magazine. I don't know if y'all know about that. Word Up magazine was more the hip hop and R&B to, I don't know what their other counterparts were, but they were a huge, huge, huge uh, couple. You know, Justin was in sync, bye, 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 that huge phenomenon, and then Britney and Justin broke up, and it really seemed that Justin weaponized the breakup for his success in his career. He 
went solo. You know, she was already a solo star, but you know, through the songs, Cry Me a River, and really kind of led the media to believe that Britney Spears cheated on him. And the way the media again turned on Britney was kind of sort of crazy. And so I keep bringing up these instances as when Britney Spears is growing up, you know, hit me, baby, one more time. You know, when you think about the words to the song now, it's very sexualized. But when you think about it back in the day, you child, you nobody was thinking like that. But how she had to defend her sexiness, defend her, like, you know, right to be, show her body, be, be, why can't she be a woman? Then she gets into this high profile relationship with Justin. They break up and the media turns on her like, what did you do? And she did that interview with Diane Sawyer and basically where Diane Sawyer is basically like, so come on, did you cheat? Like, girl, back up off. So that we, we see that. Then is when the documentary get good is when we have the Kevin Federline era. She meets Kevin and I can kind of sort of remember the tabloids during that time. And, you know, Kevin was like this backup dancer, but very much so in even I, would, I don't even know how old I would have been in high school and elementary school. Even back then, I remember Kevin Federline. He's using Britney. And so they have this weird relationship. And that's kind of the point of the time when they got married was such a big thing. And Britney had taken a break from music. She literally had been doing music since she was seven. And at this point, she's in her 20s. And, you know, she's ready for love. She gives birth to a baby and they are just scrutinizing her. And I say that because in today's era, we've got Ariana Grande's. We've got the the Justin Beavers. We got the Chris Browns. They grew up in this era of social media. You know, the Instagram, the Facebook, where it's like, we show you our lives and that's what people are obsessed with now not to say that that wasn't going on before the Britney era but it seemed like the Britney Paris Hilton Lindsay Lohan era of our pop stars like you know Britney got the raw deal of it and if you can remember during a time in the 90s and the 2000s when you were on a record label like Britney they push this image that Britney was this down southern homegirl girl next door you know always pretty so perfect image and now the paparazzi are getting these images of her pregnant of her partying with Kevin and they are obsessed with her you know a photo of Britney clubbing could get a photographer millions of dollars and so it really kind of starts this era that we are used to now because of people like Britney where the paparazzi are stalking you and not because because you got music out, but because you are spiraling. And a year and a half after she had her first baby, she had her second baby. And they are making it out in the public eye that Britney is a bad mother. I remember the one photo where she was like at a drive-thru and she was holding her youngest son in her lap while she was driving and people were like, oh my god, she's such a horrible mother. After Britney Spears gives birth to the second baby, it had already been rumored that her and Kevin weren't in a great place, weren't in a great relationship and so there's no surprise there that they break up and during the breakup, you know, Kevin is fighting for custody and at that time Britney is kind of wilding out after she had her second child we always see the photos of her smoking cigarettes we see the photos of her going out with Lindsay Lohan and they are just making it seem like Britney is such a party girl she's a bad mother and they actually award custody to Kevin and again Britney Spears behavior is even more erratic and the paparazzi at this point are ferocious and it's so interesting because in the documentary, there is a black guy on there. I'd, child, I'd be lying if I said I knew his name. But 
he talks about how they were so hell bent on beating Britney down that nobody is talking like, okay, this erratic behavior is concerning, but nobody's talking mental health. Nobody's talking she could be possibly suffering from postpartum depression that are real things. Like, they just want these glimpses of Britney and her acting so erratic and not normal. And that's literally what was fed. And I remember at one point in time, I'm like, oh, child, oh, Britney must be just crazy. But, you know, not knowing she's carrying the weight of her family. She's carrying now the weight of Kevin. Now she's got these two kids. She's depressed. She's never had a normal childhood. Now they've taken away her kids. And at one point in time, she had visitation. And, you know, she went to house to see the kids. Kevin refused it. So she went back, you know, banging. I don't know if you remember the infamous, like, her banging on the paparazzi's car with an umbrella. Like, yeah, that was the night that she was not allowed to see her kids from Kevin. And the paparazzi are following her. Child, if that's me, I'm fighting somebody. Like, that, that, to me, and when you can put it in context, it's like, girl, she is going through a lot. So then she was hospitalized. Um, you know, it sounded like involuntary hospitalization. She got out after that. A month later, it seemed like a more instances where she actually lost custody of her children and could not have any visits with them. She went back into the hospital. So she definitely suffered a mental break. And then that's really where the documentary gets interesting because it's this concertership. I might be saying it wrong. Concerter- concertership. Now, the concertership comes into play after Brittany lost custody of her children. She went into the hospital and then she had like a lot of unsavory guys who had reputations of clinging themselves to wealthy famous women and basically using them and so Britney was spending a lot of money going out partying and you know bitch she got money so you know she could live this lifestyle however she wants however her father Jamie come back into the picture and files for this concertership where basically it is saying that the person is not in a mental capacity or has a mental capacity to make sound decisions on business finance or health and could be swindled out of money and a lot of things and so the the courts grant a temporary conservatorship and it gives Jamie it's basically like he has the power of Britney's person her estate and her finances and normally you see a conservatorship when somebody is older you know in the 80s 70s might have dementia and you know you they assign somebody to watch over their finances in person and make health decisions for them that you know, maybe if the person has dementia and they're sick and they're refusing to go, then that person could say, no, 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 no. I've got the power of attorney, you know, something like that. So that's essentially what a conservatorship is. However, it's never been seen at somebody that's in their 20s and a daddy taking over. And that's really where the story of framing Britney really kind of takes hold because the conservatorship has been in place for almost 15 years. So it was temporary and then it became permanent. Now, they have lawyers coming on the documentary. At one point in time, there was this one lawyer who worked for Britney Spears' daddy, Jamie, had no longer working. And so she was talking to us in very hypothetical situations, basically how she's never seen a conservatorship overturned before. And so there's no precedent to that. Then we learn that that same person, as the documentary is going on, child, they put under the little subtitles that she has rejoined the council for Britney Spears' daddy, Jamie. Now, I will say the first, I don't know, maybe five, uh, six years that Jamie took over the conservatorship, Britney was kind of sort of back in order. However, in the documentary, they say and they show that she never wanted her dad to have that power or control. She always wanted it to be somebody 
independent of the family. And I like that because, you know, in the type of social work that I deal with, a lot of the times family and money, they don't always have the best interests. They sometimes want to look out for themselves. So why not have an independent party? So we see that from early on, Brittany ain't never want her daddy. However, he did an okay job from what the outside person will look in. We see Britney putting out albums. The, the album that I just talked about, Circus, was under the, the conservatorship. She went on tours. She had these Las Vegas residency. Like, you know, she really was getting herself together. However, we just never heard from her. And it wasn't even until this documentary brought up that there really hasn't been an interview of Britney Spears since the conservatorship. And the interviews that have been, have been heavily monitored. And so the way the documentary paints it as, as if like Britney is being held against her will and so we all see Britney on the social media the Instagram we see her doing her weird little dances and every time Britney would post a photo or image on her Instagram it seemed to be very cryptic now Britney Spears has a large fan base and you know the fans don't play about Britney and they kind of felt as if that being as though Britney did not have much control over her person's finances or estate the Instagram was really the only way that she could communicate with her fans and so they even started a podcast about this whole Britney Spears thing and that's when the free Britney hashtag came about now when I saw it I didn't really understand it I just thought that Britney Spears had not been performing or they hadn't been seeing her enough so that they were just saying like free Britney. I didn't realize how a serious and mind you I want to call them an organization this free Britney organization is because they are basically calling into question why her daddy is still in control of her person's finances and estate and the big question is she had been touring she had been putting out albums she had been making millions of dollars and so you mean to tell me that a person that can tour around the world a person that can hold a Las Vegas residency a person that can record albums you know they could do all of that but when they go home they can't take care of themselves like something just doesn't seem right and then over the years they have gone to court to amend the conservatorship to basically say that this is a hybrid conservatorship that they've been able to make money off of this so they feel like the people that are in the power of this conservatorship they want to make like 1.2% off of her earnings because they're managing this baby that's not what a conservatorship is for and so Brittany more recently has gone to court to try to get her father removed from the conservatorship. She's saying, hey, if I, I'm not saying I don't need it, but I want somebody else. I don't want my dad. I want an independent party. And so that was a big movement where the free Britney fans are like, yes, free Britney, free Britney. And so they were able to get a bank added on to Britney's estate. And I believe it was her finances. Uh, they weren't added on to her person. Her daddy still owned the person. And so. I don't know if y'all remember a couple of years ago when she was supposed to be announcing this new residency in Las Vegas. I, I was I was like, oh, excited. I remember like the news and she was supposed to do this performance, baby. When I seen everything that went down through the eyes of this documentary, I was like, oh, yeah, I believe this. Now, throughout the documentary, I'm like, mm, this could be hearsay. But we see the promotion that was put into announcing this new residency. She's supposed to perform. They're in Las Vegas in front of the hotel in Bay Bay. One, she was three hours late. So then she pops up off the steps. The fans are screaming like, yes, Brittany! And baby, Brittany walks down those steps, walks through the crowd and into a car 
and goes to hell home. And people are like, what the hell? She announced no residency. And then that's when it came out that Britney Spears was like, I am no longer working until my father is removed from the conservatorship. Now, that's a big statement. And for me, I just don't understand if a person can say I don't want this person in charge of my persons, my money or my estate. And they're saying that I will allow someone else to do it, just not my father. Then that's really where I have the problem at. And also, it's really where there is it's uncharted waters in the court system and that she is currently fighting this in the court system. And the fans of the Free Britney movement really kind of had a lot of momentum because Britney, I Obviously, you know, we don't ever see her talk about this. We'll never see this. But in literally in court documents, when they filed to have that bank put on the estate and the money, her lawyer even says, you know, and Britney thanks the supports of her fans. Now, you know, that riled them fans all up because they was like, yes, it really is free Britney. It doesn't make sense. If you are saying that she is incapacitated point that she could possibly give her money away do harm to herself and you know be robbed of millions but yet she can tour and yet she can say she does not want her father to be in place and want somebody else I don't understand why she doesn't have any rights now there was a lawyer on there who at one point in time when all of this was going down back in the day in the 2000s when they started the conservatorship he had met with Britney and Britney was like I don't want my dad on there and anything else so when they went to court the judge at that time deemed from the evaluation that he had that Britney was not in the right state of mind to make a decision about who her counsel would be. Now, now that says a lot. And the lawyer at the time says, I only know what I know and I don't know what I don't know. So he, although he feels like there are a lot of issues, he doesn't know the information that that judge had at that time that would make him say that. But this is my thing. Somebody that works in the mental health field. Evaluations can be updated. Okay. People's cognitive ability can change. So I just don't understand why she can't get an updated evaluation and she can't have rights for herself. Now, this whole time I'm like, where is Britney Spears mother at? Because let's just be clear. Britney is in this type of situation. She not only has to pay for the lawyers for herself to represent her. Then she got to pay her daddy's lawyers, the conservatory lawyer. She literally paying everybody's lawyers. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I, I just I, literally I, I'm child. I'm about to buy me a free Britney button because I, I literally. Literally, I feel like she is being held against her will. And then when you see these weird Instagram posts and you see this cryptic stuff that people are like, oh, they don't mean nothing. No, she is screaming out for help. And you best believe them Britney fans don't play about Britney. And so even as recent as last week, Britney Spears dad tried to file a motion to get the bank off of their part of the conservatorship and baby the judge ruled no 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 the bank is going to stay so that was another win for Britney but I just don't understand why she can't have her daddy removed and again I don't know her daddy okay Uh, only Britney know her daddy and even when this all started Britney didn't want her daddy then we even learned that like a year ago when Britney's dad was around the kids baby Kevin Federline took out uh, a PFA against the dad stating that Jamie hit one of the kids it's some weird spooky-ish going on but if you ain't see Frame of Britney yet baby do yourself a favor it's on Hulu and it's on FX and so now for me I 
I'm listening free Britney. I I'm following the case. I'm I started listening to the Britney Spears podcast because it's so interesting. And when you really stop to think about it, we have not seen Britney. Like we we've seen her perform and that's it. They ain't been no interviews. They ain't been no nothing. All we got is the weird cryptic Instagram posts. And I uh, it really it, it really is disheartening because in this conservatorship there is no precedent because she's really like one of the youngest people to have ever been in a situation like this. And normally the conservatorships is forever or until the person like dies. And so Again, I'm going to say it a thousand times. If you are saying I am incapacitated to the point that I might harm myself, I might give millions away, Chaz, and give some millions to me. I, I can't manage my properties, but yet I could go on world tours. Yet I could learn choreographer. Yet I could write songs. Yet I can make all these multi-million dollars. Something ain't adding up. Something ain't adding up. And somebody need to get down to the bottom of it. And they need to get James up. Uh, 10987654321. It really does make me mad because when you watch the documentary and see how they are trying to change the conservatorship to say, like, oh, this is a hybrid. We're able to make money. Baby, that's not what a conservatorship is for. You're not supposed to be able to profit off of it. Your best interest is supposed to be to making sure that Britney Spears is healthy, happy, and safe. And it sounds like for me, looking on the outside in, that her daddy is just in it for the money. The money. Get his ass off of there. And I don't understand why it it's just taking so much time because again normally in these conservatorships that there is no overturning of the judge ruling there is none of that because the person old and then the person normally die this don't happen to a person in their 20s and 30s they have the rest of their life to live and then more than likely britney will outlive her father so what happened and we know that britney's father was sick over the holidays so what happens if the daddy die oh then y'all willing to change it just something it, it don't seem right i don't understand it but listen you know me i'm screaming free britney okay <laughs> Period. So if y'all have not watched it, it's so good. It, it, even if you're not a Britney Spears fan, you can just kind of relate. And it really kind of made me, uh, for a lot of times, I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of empathy for Britney. I really looked at it like, girl, you had millions of dollars. You had these babies. You just was partying. But watching this documentary, it really opened my heart to, wow, she was dealing with a lot of shit. And the media was just judging her and judging her. Even when she shaved her head bald, that was really hard to say into the media like i don't have anymore i don't have anything for y'all to give and y'all just want everything it really just makes me be like wow she is a survivor she is a strong person to, to deal with all of that to like having marriages where people was really only taking you for your money for you to be a mother and they take your rights away from you not to be able to see your kids for indefinite time who the hell wouldn't go crazy you tell barb she can't see her kids you gonna think my mom crazy because my mom will blow sh up around her kids and so it really just just opens my heart to Britney and just to the situation that like they need. To, and that, that's really what the free Britney movement has turned into to basically bringing awareness to this loophole in this justice system about conservatorships because it don't make sense. But whew, that's my time on free Britney frame and Britney. Make sure y'all watch it. Let me know what you think. OK, hit me, baby. One more time. The following message is brought to you by Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hello, everyone. This is Miss Barb. And did you know that someone had a birthday this week? 
Well, let me tell you a little story about this birthday. On February 19th, about 8.30 in the evening, my husband, Bryce's dad, takes me to the hospital because I'm in labor. So I waddle into Pennsylvania Hospital. And when I say waddle, I mean waddle. I was over 200 pounds. Why? Because I was forced to do bed rest for five months. And that's because all my other three births were premature. So they just wanted to be safe. So we get into the hospital and I get checked in and the doctor says, okay, you have a little ways to go. So why don't you just walk around the hospital a couple times and see if we can get things moving. Fine. I do that. We walk and we walk. So by the afternoon of February 20th, no, I'm going to say early evening, the doctor comes in. He checks me. He says, oh, you still have a little ways to go, uh, Mrs. Johnson. He says, but um, you'll be okay. So he leaves. And I swear the doctor wasn't gone two minutes. And I'm like, uh-oh, something's going on. Uh, get the nurse. Get somebody. So the nurse comes in. She checks me. She says, oh, we made quite a movement. Uh, um, it's about that time. I said, what do you mean it's about that time? He said I had a ways to go. Anyway, uh, may I have my epidural shot? That's the painkillers, guys. You know what she tells me? No, you're too far gone. What? Too far gone? Oh, my God. So I look over at my husband. He says to me, um, so can I get you a Coke? A Coke? What the hell? Somebody, please. So then on top of that, they can't find the doctor. I'm like, you know what? Lord, help me. So anyway... I go into labor. They're rushing me into the the delivery room. I just make it into the delivery room. My doctor's not there. Why? Because his wife just went into labor. And I'm facing a doctor I've never looked at before. Okay. So I get in there and boom, there it is. A baby boy named Bryce. Well, I just wanted to share that with you because from that day forward with Bryce, it's always been fast forward, fast moving, fast talking. You name it, it's fast. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Happy birthday, Bryce. I love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's 
freak of the week and you know baby boy had a busy birthday okay listen i uh woke up sunday i don't get hangovers but i woke up a little tired my bones was uh giving very much 35 okay my mind was still giving 25 and so you know i spent the morning the i should say the morning the day watching tv ordered a little uber eats because it's my birthday and i could be off my diet don't judge me it's a judge-free zone okay thank you and i was scrolling through the instagram and baby i came across this post from none other than that john carroll on the instagram you may know him from survivor marquise he was the epitome of the challenge beast he killed it on survivor marquise he even you know let somebody pee on his hand so that alone should make him the freak of the week but he posted this photo that said 22 hashtag air force and baby that's when johnny boy johnny pots and pans was given who hunk of the week giving me very much tom cruise giving me very much brad pitt okay john was looking like an old zaddy okay back in the day 22 years old have i been missing the john carroll for the zaddy calendar okay he was giving me very much so swimsuit edition he was giving me very much uh stand up let's see the rest of the body baby boy he was giving me tens across the board serving face yes i'm loving my baby boy john carroll and john has been such a great friend to me over the years i've gone out to oh i'm about to say oklahoma he always kills me omaha nebraska and i've spent time with him and his husband who i call my uncle chad on the goat farm i love it John has been nothing but a great support to me, a great ally, um, and I just love the baby boy. So it is such an honor for me to give him Freak of the Week. Listen, y'all got to go over there and see that photo and tell me he's not giving me Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise in their heyday. And definitely it's in John heyday because you know John is old as dirt, okay? <laughs> but yes, I love it. John is like, and John has lived such a full life. He's done so many things. He was in the Air Force. He was a nurse he's a lawyer he's a goat farmer he has so many crazy ideas so many times and mind you this is my one big issue with the baby boy john we talk all the time but john lives such a busy life over there in omaha nebraska that the only time we get talk is when john is in the car so if john going to the grocery store or if john is going to work and he's in his car that's his free time so anytime my phone ring i always pick up and be like where are you going to now john so yes so make sure you head over to that john carroll on instagram and let him know he is the freak of the week and if my baby boy, John Carroll, is the freak of the week, we are coming to an end to this amazing podcast. I thank you so much for listening. I thank you so much for the birthday love that you guys have given me. Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast if you have not already. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. You know my Uncle Pookie is still giving them subscriptions out from the back of his trunk on 56th Avenue on Tuesdays and Thursdays so you can get them from him. But make sure you write a review. Write a review for my birthday. I would appreciate it. Give your baby boy some five stars. Okay? Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to come get some of this black boy joy. Because it's a, it's a, 
It's a It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.